For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Christopher Penn, and we're going to talk about how to measure what's working using Google Analytics. Also, I want to remind you that if you need to reach me, podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com is a way to get directly to my inbox. And with that, I've got a brand new discovery for you. After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner discovered. In the last month or so, Facebook has rolled out a pretty cool feature that is beginning to appear to Facebook pages all over Facebook, and it's called the Facebook Call to Action button. Now, you guys remember way back in the day where Facebook got all snippety about not putting calls to actions inside of your Facebook graphic that's at the top of your page. You weren't allowed to put text in there and so on and so forth. Well, now Facebook has actually come out with a feature that makes it really easy for you to get someone to do a call to action. And what's really cool about this is it actually shows up, like if you imagine what a Facebook page looks like, you've got your avatar on the left, you've got your huge picture in the background, and then uh, to the right of your avatar, you have the name of your page, like for example, Social Media Examiner. Right next to that is a button now that you can turn on called a call to action button. And with the call to action button, you have a limited number of of words that you can put in there. For example, you can put book now, contact us, use app, play game, shop now, sign up, watch video. And I'm sure that this list will grow over time. Now, as soon as this thing rolled out in late January, we immediately turned it on. Because in the background on our Facebook page, we've got a big old ad for Social Media Marketing World. So we added a button that says Book Now. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Nobody ever goes to your Facebook page, right? They only see you in the newsfeed. Well, in literally only a few days, we had 56 people click on that Book Now button. And we had one sale attributed directly to that Book Now uh, button for our conference. So for me, that was like a big deal. Because it's just, a, <laughs> excuse me, it's just a subtle little thing that you can add uh, to your page to encourage someone to take an action. And it's built into Facebook and it's a little button that hovers right over the top of the big graphic on your Facebook page. So I would strongly recommend you start experimenting with the Facebook call to action button. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. 
That is my discovery of the week. And with that, let's transition over to today's interview with Christopher Penn. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Christopher Penn. If you don't know who Chris is, he's the VP of Marketing Technology at Shift Communications, a PR firm. He also co-founded PodCamp with Chris Brogan, and he's the co-host of the Marketing Over Coffee podcast. He's got a brand new book out called Marketing Blue Belt, From Data Zero to Marketing Hero. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. It is a pleasure to be here. So today we're going to talk about Google Analytics and analyzing and measuring and all that fun stuff and how it can improve your marketing. Chris, let me start with how in the world did you get into all this data analytics stuff and what's your story? <laughs> well, it's funny. I actually came into the the whole marketing space through uh, back door. Uh, back in 2003, I joined a, a student loan company startup as the uh, director of technology originally, as like, the guy who ran the web server and stuff. And as you know from the startup world, I, I was the CIO, the CTO, and the guy who cleaned the restroom on Friday. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up having to do a lot of the marketing and a lot of the data collection, and that's I found over time I really enjoyed the marketing more than running the technology. So that's kind of how I transitioned into the space. And uh, a natural outgrowth of that is when you're running the server, you know uh, what what you're seeing in the logs, and eventually your your, your stakeholders will be saying, "Well, you know what's happening. I need a report on this." And uh, that's really how I got started in in analytics. And then as more and more of marketing became digital. More and more of those, you know, asks for reporting and stuff uh, were just on my plate all the time, and that's really uh, where I've uh, where I've come from. Now, how long have you been doing? What when when was it when you started when you started all this? So that was two thousand three was when I first started making that transition, and then I really got into social and um, and digital two thousand four late two thousand four when podcasting, funny enough, uh, first came out, and it was uh, it was for us a strategy because. The big student loan companies, uh, you know, back then were all these mega banks, and you know, we used to joke that our annual revenues were their cream cheese budgets for uh, for meetings. So we had to do something unconventional, and that's how I got into podcasting and social media. Very cool, very cool. So um, let's talk about why analysis and analytics and data in particular is so important to marketers these days. Can you kind of give me your high level thoughts on why is it important and why is it so scary, frankly? You know, I think it's scary to people because it's unknown, and there's a perception around the space that that doing analytics in data is difficult and requires a math degree. And I'll I'll say this much: it's kind of like cooking, and I use a lot of cooking analogies in the book. Um, you don't need to be a professional chef to make a decent breakfast, right? You can make you know eggs and bacon or whatever, and as long as you follow the, uh, some basic recipes, you'll probably end up with a decent breakfast. Now, if you want to go be a professional chef at you know Chez Panisse, then uh, that's a totally different story. Then yeah, you should have you know a culinary degree and and your X years of experience and. Data and analytics are the same way. If you want to be able to intelligently report on what you're doing, it's relatively easy to get started. There's a relatively low bar of entry. If you want to get to super sophisticated, you know, multi-touch attribution models and, and all these other things, then yeah, you're probably going to want a statistics background at that point. But that's pretty far down the road. Like so many things in, in, in life, it's kind of an 80-20 rule. You'll get the at first 80, 80% of the way from just 20% of the techniques in the toolbox. Um, in terms of what's at our fingertips, 
there's there's like four I would call them four layers, particularly for social media. There's four layers of, of measurement. There's the the media layer, which is where you see you know social tools and their social analytics about about audience reach and engagement and stuff. There's the web layer, which is you know after someone's had a conversation with you in social media, um, you get into the they they eventually have to do something. Even a brick and mortar store still is going to look to its digital properties for for some stuff, if for nothing else than to look to see when people are using the, the store finder feature on the website. Then the middle layer is your marketing automation layer, and that's where you start tracking your engagement at an individual level. And of course, at the bottom is your your sales and CRM layer. And those are kind of the four places that that marketers are going to have want to have some insight into their data. So the first two layers, media and web, can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on kind of what that means and what kind of data is out there and, and maybe get some marketers excited about maybe what's at their fingertips and they don't even realize it when it comes to the media and web layers? Sure. So the the web layer, I'll start from the bottom up. The web layer is the gold standard right now is Google Analytics. And uh, I, there are other tools out there that do very capable jobs. Omniture comes to mind. Uh, web Trends is in there in the mix. But Google Analytics is really what, you know, I would say 90% of the web uses. And inside of Google Analytics, you can track everything from where your audience is coming from to how you're getting them, what they do on your website, and ultimately whether they take the next set of actions, the, the conversions that will tell you, oh, you know, this is this is um, you know what it, this person has done that is of value. And the thing about Google Analytics is there's a tremendous amount of data in there. There are probably Oh, I would throw a dart at say a thousand different data points that will tell you all kinds of different things depending on whether you ask the right questions. If you jump up one layer to the media layer, particularly social media, um, there's sort of three categories of metrics that I, I think are super important for all marketers to understand. The first is audience growth. We will, and a lot of people have said, and even I said in the past, that things like likes and followers and stuff are you know don't matter. Well, they actually do matter, but they they matter at the very very top of the funnel because of course if you have no likes and you have no reach, the rest of the funnel doesn't happen. Where I think the the nuance is is to say that's not your end goal. You don't want to stop at likes or or followers. You that's where you want to start. The middle layer of the media section is engagement. It's great if somebody is following you, but are you reaching them? Are you are you engaging with them? Are they, are they they performing the three core social behaviors? Uh, which, if you look at the bottom of every social you know post, there is it's like, comment, or share, and and the, you know there's variations. There's favorite, retweet, and, and reply on on Twitter and so forth. But you want those three core behaviors, uh, and then finally, of course, is the down funnel stuff. How many people took an action on social media to get them to an owned media property, typically your website? So that's kind of those those buckets of metrics. You'll get uh, in the the media layer. You'll get a lot of those numbers straight out. Of the social network. You can pull up Facebook Insights or Pinterest Web Analytics uh, or you know Twitter Analytics. So all those services have that information for you. It's just a question of you collecting it and aggregating it. You know, it's funny because uh, Social Media Examiner is five years and uh, three or four months old. And it wasn't really until about a year to a year and a half ago that we really started um, taking a look at some of the deeper metrics that Google Analytics provides. Because in the early days, it was all about how many comments do we get on a blog post? How many social shares do we get <coughs> and create more 
posts to get more like that, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is the common mistake everybody makes, right? And then we began to realize, okay, wait a second, we can do this thing called conversion tracking, and we can see what percentage of the people that come to Social Media Examiner sign up for our newsletter, which was one of the key metrics that we wanted to do. And when we when we started doing conversion tracking, and then we started looking at the posts that were the most popular and saw that they didn't necessarily have the best conversion. It completely like transformed our world. It was almost as if we'd had glasses on or, or, or it's, it's almost like we never had glasses and then we got glasses and all of a sudden everything was clear. I mean, do you find sometimes that's what data can do for people? If they know what they're looking for, yes, absolutely. So data is the first step. And this is something that's sort of outlined in the book. Measurement and data is the very, very first step on the ladder towards you know, a strategy. You have to be able then to analyze the data because what your stakeholders want really is not just the data. Nobody wants you to, to as uh, Avinash Kashik so called puts it, you know, nobody wants to, uh, data to just be puked on them. Um, you need to analyze it, which is the the art and science of telling what happened. You know what what happened that you can see in this data. Then you have to derive insights from from that from your analysis and say, okay, why did those things happen? If Social Media Examiner has you know eight blog posts that are outperforming everything else, okay, you can see what happened. Why? What's what's the common factor among those eight blog posts? And then once you have that, then you can develop your strategy. You can figure out what to do next. So that's something that is independent of the analytics platform. You know, you get the data, make sure it's clean, understand what happened, understand why, and then be able to decide what comes next. You know, I've also, we talked about marketing automation a little earlier, and I thought to myself, you know, Google Analytics is so good and so deep and so powerful and so ubiquitous. When they decide to come out, they being Google, with some sort of a, uh, HubSpot or Marketo kind of, you know, uh, competitor, I think they would crush everybody. But, you know, I'm just curious, like, why is Google giving away Google Analytics for free? I mean, are we actually feeding the Google monster? <laughs> What's your thoughts on this? Um, we are definitely sending data back to the mothership, whether or not we want, you know, if you use the product, then you are you are agreeing. If you read the terms of service, you are agreeing to share that information with Google. Um, and you can even uh, take it a, another level up inside the product under the admin section, there is an option to turn on benchmarking, which I would say is probably one of the, the secret sauces if, to the extent that there's one inside of Google Analytics. You have to agree to share your data with people in your field. It's anonymized and it's randomized. So, you know, it, it's not, you, if I wanted to see social media websites, um, I would see and social media examiner has you know ex- it would be it would blended in with you know a couple of hundred other websites to be an average but when you do that and you turn on benchmarking yes you share your data but then you get to see what your peers in that in that competitive data set are doing with their data and you can say okay well compared to all social media sites i'm going to make a number here uh, compared to all social media sites with 10,000 visitors a day or more social media examiner does better at referral traffic than its peers but it does worse at organic search than its peers and that gives you an idea of oh okay i can see what happened i can see why and now i know what to do against my competitors to to either reach parity or or jump and take it to the next level huh how do you, how does one go about turning on benchmarking it's just under the admin tools and it's just an option it, it's an option under the under the admin tools, and then if you go on the left hand side, it is under the audience menu near the bottom. It says benchmarking, and you can see um, by channel, like referral, social, search, and then also by device and by location. So you can see, okay, uh, am I getting less or more mobile traffic than uh, than my competitors? Very cool. What's something simple that any marketer uh, that's listening right now could do with Google Analytics to maybe take their 
you know, insight to the next level. I'm sure you've got, I know you have a million little secret sauce ticks and tricks and tips in your book, but, but what's something that maybe somebody that is listening right now that might be using Google analytics, but really isn't going deep could do to, um, to really begin to understand, you know, more about what's happening with people coming to their website. The number one thing that anyone can do and really must do is you have to define some goals and goal values in your analytics. That completely changes the application from kind of a, uh, here's kind of what happened to this is how it is impacting your business. Um, you mentioned earlier that newsletter signups were a big deal. So that's a goal, getting people to take that action, that commitment to, to signing up for a newsletter. And then the, the 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 next level of that is what dollar value do you place on a newsletter sign up if you know that on average a, a newsletter sign up, a newsletter participant or subscriber buys you know twenty dollars worth of, of social media examiner training materials well now you know that the value of that newsletter subscriber so every time you you get a new newsletter subscriber you say okay that's a projected twenty dollars in revenue or five dollars in revenue or a thousand dollars in revenue then Throughout the application, you will start to see uh, things like estimated revenue of you know, what's the value of this blog post, what's the value of this page, what's the value of traffic coming from uh, Twitter, what's the value of traffic coming from Google's organic search, and you will have a totally different experience all just by setting up those goals and goal values. If you don't do that, I, I mean, I try not to be too blunt when I'm you know coaching folks, particularly newer folks in analytics. But if you don't do goals and goal values, you actually are doing it wrong. Well, what kind of, okay, so we just mentioned, you know, a newsletter sign up as an obvious goal. What are some other goals that um, marketers often um, use just so people can kind of expand their horizon on the kind of things they might want to consider tracking? Sure. I mean, for if you have an e-commerce site, your obvious goal is a, a checkout. You have, someone has bought something from you, and e-commerce um, is probably one of the most powerful applications of Google Analytics because it can actually see all the way down the sales funnel because it's all digital. It's all within the click stream. So you have newsletter signups. You have um, lead generation. You know, I want to download a white paper or a webinar, or I want to uh, to send you an RFP. Um, you can manage your forms. Inside of forms, even you can you can use Google Analytics. Some of the more advanced features called event tracking. That if you have a form with say ten fields on it, you know, first name, last name, phone number, and stuff like that, you can actually track how many people fill out each field. And then if you look at your analytics, you can see, oh, well, people always stop at field number seven. Right? They they never go past that. Why is that? And then you can dig in. I remember back in my student loan days, we used to have a um, uh, an application you could f- start filling out online, and we used that event tracking to track each field. And sure enough, 80% of people abandoned the form when they got to the field that asked for the social security number. They just were not comfortable with signing up for it on the website. So we um, we knew we could get that but with our, our um, uh, sales executives. So we took it off the form, boom, immediately, 80% more conversion. Wow. Uh, Wow. Yeah, it's So how uh, is it really simple? I mean, like are there little tutorials out there on how to do this? Is it just a matter of adding a little piece of code to each of the variables in the form or something or or I mean, I know I'm asking that question that might be having a very complex answer, but <laughs> um there there are tutorials for that specific feature um in in the help file, but I would really urge people before you jump into specific features, you should take the the Analytics Academy courses that Google offers completely for free. Uh, there's four courses, and you should do them in this order: um, Digital Analytics Fundamentals, which is the first Analytics Academy course. That, will, if you're not familiar with the, the platform, this is a good one to understand first. 
The second one is Google Analytics platform principles. Um, this is where you'll learn how the platform itself works. The third one is mobile app analytics fundamentals, and this will teach you a lot about how you measure mobile devices specifically. And if you're going to either if your company has a mobile app or you're rolling one out, this is important stuff to understand um, how you measure mobile and tie it back to your regular visitors. And then the last course is e-commerce analytics, um, and that is um, you know that really digs into the e-com applications. Which, if you're not an e-commerce company, I would still recommend you you take that course uh, because there are things that happen on your website that are like e-commerce that you can measure in the same way as e-commerce, even if you're not an e-commerce shop. Um, the example I give is if you are if you have a, a, a an HR portal on your website. The process of applying for a job is actually fairly close to e-commerce, right? There's there's things like shopping cart abandonment. There's process abandonment. Okay, I got to submit my resume. I got to fill out these fields and and all this stuff. And you can see where in the hiring process online things are starting to break down. So those four courses will give you a solid foundation on on the platform overall, and then you can dig into the specific features like event tracking for forms and stuff like that. When it comes to your uh, your personal blog or even your clients, um, can you give some examples of the kinds of things maybe either you're mentioning, I mean, you're measuring and analyzing for your own blog, or maybe an example of the kinds of things you're doing for a client or two, whether you can mention their name or not, just to kind of help people like expand their their brain on this a little bit and see what some of the cool things you can do with this are. Yeah, so probably one of the best examples recently is an e-commerce company I worked with that uh, that I, I don't, don't have clearance to mention their name just yet. Um, but they had a great placement in a BuzzFeed article, and this BuzzFeed article was you know was seasonal, uh, it was a holiday related, and the client got a really good placement of of their product in this article. This is for, on the public relations side. We were able to go into the client's Google Analytics and say, look. This article drove X amount of traffic, and because it's e-commerce, we can track how many purchases were made from the people who read that article. And it turned out it was like thirty-some thousand dollars just from one article. Wow! Which is a huge deal for an e-commerce company that basically sells, you know, low-end consumer stuff. Um, and then we we went to them. We said, "Look, you guys, if you guys want to continue to to get some mileage out of this article, I mean, people have really short attention spans these days. Um, let's run a paid media campaign using AdWords to keep that article in circulation, to keep it in front of people." And we we added another twenty two thousand dollars of revenue on top of the uh, of that because we were able to use paid media to to reinforce the earned media. So that was a a really powerful outcome um, that. Just using analytics, we could see what was working, and then we could make an immediate recommendation. Okay, you want to keep more eyeballs on this article? Let's 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 syndicate it. Okay, so just so I understand, you guys actually bought advertising to not your own product, but somebody else's article that referenced your product because you knew it would drive traffic back and That's ultimately right. revenue. That's like totally That's out of the box thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Now, um, how in the world? I mean, without getting super technical, because I'm, th- I'm sure a lot of people are like, okay, so someone writes an article about uh, one of my products and is linking to my product, I'm guessing. Um, mm-hmm. it was it the link that ultimately you were able to track back? Is that how the Google Analytics stuff? Because a lot of people are probably wondering, all right, how did you go from, how did you go from um, the inbound link from the article to the sale and figure all that stuff out? 
Well, from the article, you can see the refer traffic. You can see the direct traffic from the article. It says, you know, X number of people clicked to your website from this article. That's out of the. That's right out of the box in Google Analytics. You'll find that under the acquisition menu under all traffic. Right. Um, but then, because again, because it's a, we had goals and goal values set up. We were able to look at all the traffic coming to the website and say, look, this this one article is generating. The right audience that's buying stuff. You know what else can we do? And that's where we decided. Okay, let's do some paid media amplification of that article. Could we have you know paid to publicize that um, that product directly? Yes, but there is, and this is sort of a tenet of PR. I should probably disclose I work at a at a PR firm. A tenet of PR is that third party endorsements mean more. I mean, I wouldn't be talking on this podcast if it really if it, it if it didn't mean being right. able to have you implicitly endorse the book. And so by sponsoring the article, we can see the lift on on the article. Here's why. Your average PR hit, like a really good feed placement, like a, a BuzzFeed placement, has a half-life of like a day. I mean, people's attention span. They they see it, they love it, they talk about it, they, they share move it, on. Yeah. they move on. So we established a baseline, you know, 12, 12 or 14 days after the article is out. Okay, here's the residual traffic that's left, right? It's, you know, 25 people a day reading it. Now let's add some money to that, some paid media, and, and then there's the differential. You know, the next day there were 100 people reading the article. So we know from the last 12 days that 25 people on average read it a day. Now we have 100 people reading it a day. The delta is 75 visitors, and we know the value of, of, on a per visitor basis. That's really cool. So is it really easy inside of Google Analytics to isolate an inbound um, uh, traffic from a particular source and, and very easily see the kind of conversions? Or is there some extra stuff that you have to do in Google Analytics to get to the actual conversions? Or is it just literally like, you know, here's the inbound link and here's the traffic and the conversion is right there and it's very easy to see? It's it, as long as you set up goals and goal values correctly, it is it then gets baked right into the application. The tough part for most people is figuring out what is of value on their websites. For the bloggers that are listening right now, and I know you're a blogger, what should yes. we be looking at? How should we know if what we're doing is working? Well, it depends on what you define as working. If you're a blogger, like what what are the measures of success for you as a blogger? For me, mailing list signups are important because that's how I drive sales of things like books. Um, but there may be other things. There may be uh, on my personal website, I have an, a form. If you want to book me to speak, I know what my speaking fees are. I know the likelihood I'm going to close a speaking engagement. I can work backwards and say every inquiry to my speaking form is worth eh, X dollars. And then – I can go through all my content, and again, the Google Analytics automatically populates this once you put a goal value in, um, populates the application. These are the blog posts that have generated you the most inferred revenue because they've generated leads that have, have gone on to, to build your business. And so I would say it's more the bloggers deciding what is it that is of value to you. If you are social media examiner, as an example, you guys have a phenomenal trade show, um, you have a conference, you have training materials, but you also are a media property. So you'd want to, to you know, turn on uh, things like your demographic reporting inside of Google Analytics so that you can help enhance your media kit to say, our audience is average this age, average this gender from these locations and has these behavioral characteristics, um, you know, and are in the market for these services and, and so on and so forth. Um, so that stuff is all stuff that's built into Google Analytics as well. 
Yeah, and it's interesting you talked about that because we we have turned on that uh, that demographic data and we've compared that against the kind of stuff Facebook, you know, gives us. And it's not exactly the same, but it's intriguing. I mean, do you have any? Have you had a chance to compare kind of demographic uh, insight that Facebook provides fans on Facebook versus what Google Analytics shows on a website? And do you have any thoughts on on why they may or may not be different? So here's a question for you: Facebook fans are not necessarily your audience. Good point. Your, they, they may not be your core audience. What you can do, though, is export your mailing list, import it into Facebook as a custom advertising audience, and then compare the demographics of your advertising audience to your website because that will do – you'll find much more overlap that way rather than just the random people who, who hit a like button. Hitting a like button, I mean your cat can technically do that, so it's not <laughs> – <a laughs> <laughs> I don't have a cat, but you know, I, I hear you. So um, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, what you just said here is that's another way to get some interesting insight into your audience by just looking at what Facebook knows, right? Because there's things Facebook knows that Google doesn't know, right? Exactly. So if you can combine the two data sources and, and you know, process it and put it together into a nice PowerPoint or something, you'll have a really good idea of who your audience is and then uh, have an idea of what you should be doing next with them. What's your thoughts on, on um, for those of us that have email lists, how do we track the, uh, when it comes to Google Analytics, the impact of our email list? Because unlike, you know, um, uh, website links and stuff, it seems to kind of all get classified under a big category, I think, called direct or something like that. What are your thoughts on, on that? It, well, if you are using an email service provider that does not allow Google Analytics integration, you are using the wrong email service provider. Fire them immediately mm. and use one that does. Um, that's the very, very short version because. Wow, I wonder if can, Aweber does that because we don't even. We don't, I don't even know if we have that turned on. So what you're saying is that you can actually do Google Analytics w- integration with email. That's huge. I had no no clue, frankly. Oh yeah, um, I use one for my personal newsletter. It's a company called What Counts. I actually used to be an employee there, um, and. It's called What Counts Publicaster, and inside I can tear. I, I put in my Google Analytics account, and it will automatically populate all of the links I send in an email with the campaign name, the, which is the subject of the email. So I can actually see um, in Google Analytics the dollar value of subject lines. Wow. Uh, it's, it's absolutely crazy just how when when you set up the integration right. And it, it again for my particular service provider, it's really easy to put in your Google Analytics account number, and the platform handles the rest for you. That's huge. Now, um, do you recommend using UTM tracking? And maybe we should describe what that is briefly. But do you recommend using UTM tracking inside of emails to be able to maybe, if the email provider does not provide that, maybe we could just encode our links with UTM uh, codes? What are your thoughts on that? Um, you absolutely can do that, and probably one of the easier ways to do that is just inside of a spreadsheet. Uh, if you're not familiar with the term UTM, it actually stands for Urchin Tag Management because Google Analytics used to be a company, a separate company called Urchin a long time ago. Um, Google bought them out and made their application free, but it kind of you could, the history of the nomenclature is still in there. Um, and what you can do with uh, these tags is specify the source, the medium, and the campaign that a, a link is from. So in an email, you would say the source is from your newsletter, social media examiner newsletter list. Um, the medium is email, and then the campaign is typically is whatever the, the subject line of the campaign is or the day that you're going to send it. That way you can break out and slice and dice the traffic that comes to your properties, um, it, but by email. So, for example, if you look at the, the, the new book, 
uh, I use a service on the back end called Gumroad that allows you to um, input your Google Analytics uh, account code on that service. So now if I send out an email that sends you to my website, that then sends you to Gumroad to purchase the book, I can track the stream all the way from the that first email open all the way down to the actual purchase and know exactly how well my email converted. That is that is really awesome. A lot of people's brains right now are going crazy because I think email is probably the one thing most people don't even think about. <laughs> you know, I mean, no. they, everybody wants to build their email list, but they're probably not tracking it, are they? They're probably not tracking it, and they're not doing a good job of maintaining it. And email is... Uh, granted, I have a bias. I worked in the email marketing industry for for three or four years. You know, dedicated to it. Email is the original social network, right? and it's also the digital glue that holds all the stuff together. Think about it this way: What is the first things that any new social network asks you for? Name, mobile phone number, and your email address. Right? Every single network is asking you for that um, when on the time, moment you sign up. So, email is the common currency of the web. If you are not collecting emails, again, I try not to say this too much, but if you're not collecting email addresses, you're kind of doing it wrong. Very cool. Um, Google Analytics um, has, do they have any like add-ons or like, you know, um, like an app um, ecosystem that can make Google Analytics a little easier to understand or, uh, you know, are there there some special third-party tools that that we should maybe be considering that might be free or low cost that can maybe take the the um you know what appears to be like you're sitting inside of an airplane with a million buttons and and simplify it for those of us that maybe aren't totally technical <laughs> um so there's a couple of different ways to approach this question. Google Analytics actually has its own dashboard tool built in. So if you wanted to build a dashboard of just the metrics that you wanted to to focus on, you can do that. Um, it's a really good way to build a, an executive dashboard, and it actually you can in the dashboard schedule it so you can email a PDF of the dashboard. So if you have, say, a, um, a C-level executive who is not super technologically savvy, you can just email them a PDF every Monday and, and they can just look at it and go, oh, these are the, the metrics that I wanted to see. Um, and that really simplifies things. That's built into the application. Um, there's what's called an app gallery where you can find all these different uh, you know, add-ons to the application. But I find a lot of those are for more advanced users. The one app I think is really compelling is there's one for their their Google spreadsheet product called the Analytics Add-on that allows you to to bring in live Google Analytics data into a spreadsheet. So this is really handy. So if you operated a couple of different websites, say just for example, so we had Social Media Examiner and Social Media Marketing World. You can right now you have to go to two different Google Analytics accounts to to see the analytics on both of them. With this add-on, you can build a unified, you know, all my digital properties dashboard inside of a Google spreadsheet that brings in all the data from all the different accounts for the metrics you care about and have everything in one-stop shopping. And, and it's that's automatically, awesome. right? You don't have to do anything. It just updates it on the fly kind of thing? Yeah. Once you plug it in and, and, and configure it, then yeah, it, it just brings in everything automatically and you have all your reports in one spot. Wow. <laughs> and it's free. That is so cool. Now, what was that called again? That's called the uh, Google Analytics add-on for Google Spreadsheets. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Chris, um, I I know that uh, we've just scratched the surface of what can be done with um, measuring and analyzing and tracking things. And and having read your book, I, I want to make a strong endorsement. This book is very, very valuable. 
Um, you can find it just about anywhere, but why don't you tell everybody where they can find Marketing Blue Belt from Data Zero to Data Marketing Hero. Did I say that right? No, no, oh, I'm sorry. Marketing Blue Belt from Data Hero to Marketing... <laughs> from Data... Z- it's a tongue twister. Marketing Blue Belt from Data Zero to Marketing Hero. Okay, got it. Where can they find that, Chris, and where can they find more about you? So the book will make it easy. Go to marketingbluebelt.com. Uh, and from me, if you want to find out more information about me, you can find me at christophersp.com. And that's P-E-N-N. Yes. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview. If there's anything that we mentioned in today's show and you just didn't catch it because you're out on the move or on the go, well, don't worry. We take very detailed notes for you. And you can reach our show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 133, which stands for episode 133. If you're new to the show, hit that subscribe button and make sure you never miss a future episode of the podcast. It's totally free. Also, if you've not already done so, would you consider giving us a rating and or a review on iTunes? The reason we ask for it every week is because it does help us get discovered by new people inside of iTunes, or so we think. The easiest way to do this is to visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.